Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jeff Dio, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. Today, we sit down with Jeff Dio, formerly of Sonic Flood. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Well, apparently, hopefully you're not like this person that waited 50 plus years to turn their book back in. It says that the University College London Library recently received a book that was 50 years overdue. It was a language play book that was not turned in and it was 50 years overdue. The, the total fees, I guess the late fees uh, was $1,648 and 56 cents average rate of 13 cents a day. So hopefully you never, um, you know, 50 years from now, you realize that you have those books, Jesse, that you need to turn back in. must've been a really good book. I mean, at, at that point I would just keep the book. I'm not turning it back in. Yeah, I I just hope that um, the library doesn't expect that money, though. $1,000 plus. Good thing it wasn't Blockbuster, because their late fees were a little more than 13 cents a day. <laughs> yeah, like 2 or $3 a day. But at what point do you just own the book, right? Well, I remember when Redbox first came out. It was like 30 lost, days. Well, I lost a movie, and they just charged your card until you owned it. But I think yeah. I paid $30 for a DVD. Yeah. They they pay they make you pay more than what it's worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like double or something. I I have had that happen to me. <laughs> more than once. It's a good thing the library doesn't take your debit card. Well, let's get into the interview with Jeff Dio. Jeff, thanks so much for taking time to be with us today. Uh, I think where I'd like to start uh, is back to the days of Zilch, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know about and what Zilch is uh, and how you can catch it. Uh, And then getting signed with Goatee Records, that whole story and how that came to be, uh, the beginning of Sonic Flood. What were those early days of the band like? Well, thanks, first of all, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely my my privilege yeah. to be able to kind of walk down memory lane a little bit, uh, share yeah. some of these stories. There's some there's some great stories. You guys feel free to stop me when I'm going a little long or something. <laughs> you can always edit good. that out, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I, I appreciate it. Uh, the, the chance to share some of the stories. I just really feel like the Lord uh just really changed my life through being part of christian music and and growing up with it honestly like i was a huge fan of christian music growing up as well and and uh, always really felt like the lord had called me to do music and to glorify him in some way shape or form and so uh i just really am thankful to be able to share this stuff so you asked about zilch and sonic flood those types of things you know before i was in zilch I had moved to Nashville uh, back in 1993, back in the 1900s, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say it like that. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, we used to say the 1800s, so, I mean, it's been yeah. a while. So, But uh, back in 1993, moved to Nashville and, and was really trying to make it on my own. I uh, was a recording artist of my own, but, you know, unsigned and just indie artist. And uh, I actually have two hip-hop CDs that i did back in the day actually considering releasing releasing some of that stuff uh in the next year or so but uh and then then i actually one of the guys from dc talks band so if we want to jump there dc talks band uh started coming to my church and we got to know each other became friends and you know i just got to know the guys in dc talks band so the guys that played for toby michael kevin uh and then they started a band called zilch and Toby got wise and signed them to uh, Goatee Records, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the way that it would work is that Zilch would tour with DC Talk, play for them, and then potentially sometimes open up, but then be able to tour when DC Talk is not on the road and they could, you know, do their thing. And so they lost their lead, lead singer somewhere along the way. The guys knew me and were like, hey, Jeff sings. Why don't we call him and have him come fill in? So I had me come fill in one night. and. Man, God was just behind that thing because it was one of the most powerful nights I think we'd all ever had. Like they wanted us, it was a big, huge Youth for, youth for Christ rally and they wanted us to do a concert, a Zilch concert, and then also lead some worship and preach the gospel. And so I was the mm-hmm. guy doing, you know, with the microphone, with all that stuff. And and uh, just, I mean, that night there was like 700 kids, 300 kids gave their hearts to Christ for the first time. That's uh, awesome. It, it was unbelievable. You just knew that God was on it. Then back yeah. in the in the green room, which was like I think the boys' locker room of the school <laughs> that we were in, um, uh, the guys, you know, were like all sweaty and changing and everything. And the guys were like Jeff, man, would, would you consider joining the band? And and so I prayed about it for a little, uh, a few days or whatever. And and because uh, I was you know pretty excited about what I was doing on my own and everything, but I just really yeah. felt like the Lord said it was the thing to do. So it was a part of Zilch, uh, and at that time. Uh, it was uh, Otto Price, Jason Halbert, and myself that were kind of the three main people in Zilch. And we kind of bring some other people along to play in the band. But what what happened was we there was this trend back in those days where a lot of you know Christian recording artists were doing like a, a worship set at the end, like an acoustic, you know, pull out the couches or the chairs, do yeah. a little acoustic worship set. We went you know? to many of those concerts, Jeff. <laughs> I know you did. I know. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. DC Talk did it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right? Well, we wanted to do our version, and so we decided we we're going to do like one praise and worship song, but we weren't going to do it like acoustic. We we're going to actually do a rock version of a worship song. Mm. So we took, if you're familiar with the Sonic Flood stuff, which I know you are, you know that there's a, a version of Lord I Lift Name on High on the Sonic Praise album. Well, mm-hmm. we originally did that as Zilch, and we started doing Lord I Lift Your Name on High, but kind of in this Radiohead-esque, you know, feel, uh, kind of yeah. dark, modern worship with one of the most cheesy worship songs of all, <laughs> all time, kind of merging this stuff. And I'm telling you guys, it it changed I don't know how to explain it, but it changed the atmosphere of the place. We would be kind of doing this horizontal, like rock show, having a good time. And all of a sudden we started singing this song, Lord, I lift the name on high. And people start running down to the altar, lifting their hands, crying out to God. Mm. I mean, the, the short version of this story is you couldn't help but start loving that moment. I mean, guys, I was yeah. trying trying to be a rock star 
and, and I don't, I don't think I mean that in a, a, a way that was bad. I just mean, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Sure. I really wanted to touch the kingdom uh, for God. I wanted people's lives to be changed. All of a sudden in this one song, it was like, we could just be ourselves. Because nobody yeah. was looking at us. There's people on their knees, they're lifting their hands and all that stuff. And in that moment, I was worshiping God. And it was like, this is amazing. And and the very thing that we'd always wanted to happen with our shows and all of our concerts and stuff was starting to happen, but like times 50 with this one song. So you couldn't yeah. start, you couldn't help but start wondering, well, what if we did more than one song? You know, and right. yeah. God was in this thing. Again, it's kind of a long story, but but uh, we started doing that and we, we did, a, we did a, a coffee house in Franklin and the record company came out to see us. And, you know, you're not usually playing in Nashville. You're out playing other places. So the record company doesn't see you very often. Well, they came yeah. out and saw us and President Joey Elwood, who's Toby Mac's cousin, uh, you know, he comes out, you know, and he's run. He's still running Goatee to this day. He's an amazing man of God. Uh, but he came and he saw us and we played all these old songs and then we ended with Laura lifted him on high and he came up to us after he's like, man, great show guys. Whatever that thing was you did at the end, that was unbelievable. And we need more of that. Whatever that yeah. is, you know, I mean, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody really haven't had words for that. It was like praise and worship. I mean, Petra, you know, I mean, they kind yeah. of did their yeah. thing and stuff. Right. But, uh, so that they, they, they worked for a while to try to get us to do a zilch worship CD. We finally agreed to, we started recording, what ended up being the Sonic Flood CD, but we started recording it as a Zilch worship CD. And about mm. halfway through the process, we realized that God was like, this is not the right name for what this is becoming. And so <laughs> that's another long story, but the name change and the process of all that, Revelation 19.6 and uh, sound of many mighty rushing waters, the flood of sound, flood of all of creation coming together to worship God. Uh, in this modern, you know, you guys know that before that, before Delirious and Sonic Flood, there was no worship on the radio. There was no uh, worship in the mainstream Christian music thing at all. Uh, it was all kind of behind the scenes, church music. Even my perspective was, if you want to be a professional musician, you know, you don't do worship. That's what you do at church. There was no yeah. professional worship scene at all. And so, you know, then that CD came out and, and, Really, the song Deeper from Delirious and I Want to Know You or In the Secret was kind of released right around the same time and radio just ate it up. And it's all yeah. that's the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> it's really neat how how God was working at the same time, because you mentioned Delirious and, and we talked with uh, Stu G a couple weeks ago and he was also saying something similar as in they were doing something else. And then God kind of was like, well, actually, this is what I want. And yes. the fact that he was doing that there and with you guys kind of in the same time is it's pretty awesome. It really is. I mean, you know, he we I, I know I love the way that, that God did this because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we didn't sit down and come up with this idea and go, hey, I know what the next big thing is. It's going to be rock worship. You know, I mean, nobody yeah. knew <laughs> Goatee didn't have a marketing plan and that's no slam on them. They did have a marketing plan, but nobody knew what to do with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just amazing. Yeah, Stu was also telling us, we asked him about the song uh, Rain Down, and he said we were mm. at a festival, and we we couldn't play because of the thunderstorms that were coming in, and uh, mm. 
I was just doing a rift on my guitar of the, you know, the, uh, the chorus, I guess, to rain down. And he would just start playing it. And he said, Martin started to sing rain down. And he was like, and that song was created by us just standing there, you know, waiting for the storm to pass. <laughs> so I thought that was unbelievable. Amazing. So amazing. <laughs> the album Sonic Praise following the self-titled album Sonic Flood was, was, my jam, I had that al- album on repeat. I mean, I listened yes. to it nonstop. I mean, I mean, it was, it, of course, the youth group that I grew up in, we, we covered, try to cover those songs in our versions. And, but, uh, that was, that was our album. That was my go-to album, the Sonic Praise album. I mean, it was, it was, son- you know, a lot of songs you all did from the Sonic Flood album, but you yeah. had other songs in there, like Lord, I left your name on high and, and some other ones, but would you say that that first album that you guys created helped pave the way for the worship movement, you know, that happened in the the start of the early 2000s, you know, it seemed like after, after you guys came out with that, that worship album, then Michael W. Smith came out with one the following, the, I think a year or two later. And then like all these other bands started doing like third day, did a worship thing and cut list and then boys, Rebecca boys. And so, yeah. So it was like a whole movement. So, I mean, do you think that helped pave the way for all that? Yeah. And you know, I would say for good and for bad. Um, of course our intention was never that it would be bad and I can, and I wouldn't spend too much time talking about the negative side of that, but everything you know whenever man gets a hold of stuff we start trying to figure it out right that that was the beauty of what god was doing with delirious and sonic flood is none of us knew anything to try to figure it out (laughs) so you know he was doing something powerful in us and yeah i would i would say that that moment in there 1999 you know that was a huge shift and then as you said all of a sudden See, and I remember all the record companies, it was like everybody was ticked, to be honest. Like they're like, they're <laughs> pouring, they're pouring millions of dollars or lots of money into all yeah. these other Christian artists. Mm-hmm. And this little worship band, Sonic Flood, is blowing yeah. up and nobody can figure it out. Everybody wants to figure it out. Like, well, this doesn't make any sense. How could this be doing anything? You know, like nobody even knew what to do with it. You know, I re- I remember the days where uh, they couldn't keep, I mean, for, for nine, maybe eight months, they couldn't keep the records in the stores because nobody believed, like the stores would order five for this month mm, right. and they'd be gone the first day. And then they couldn't wow. reorder and get more for another month. And so then they, and everybody around the country was always telling us, oh, well, they're all out of stock. We can't get any albums. But nobody ever believed it was going to keep going. So it took yeah. forever for them to catch up and finally realize, oh, we need to order more than five. Yeah, <laughs> People right. are buying <laughs> these things like crazy. Yes, cassettes and CDs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's amazing. I, I'm so blessed and thankful to have been a part of this thing and to know that, you know, I, th- I do think God was doing something special. He was doing something special in me. You know, again, I was doing hip hop. I was trying to reach, I, I thought, man, you can't reach the world with praise and worship. I want to play in the bars and the clubs and, and uh, just try to reach the loss. And lo and behold, this worship thing actually has a worship evangelistic approach to it as well. It transforms people's lives when they come into his presence. So it really yeah. changed my life personally. I mean, I've heard 
story after story, of course, of people saying, that was my first Christian album. I got saved to that album. All these different stories, right? But it changed my life. You know, it changed my calling because I realized it was like I was on the music highway, right? I I went to, I, I got a music business degree. Uh, I was writing songs, I was producing, I was trying to do shows, and I say trying. Um, I was, you know, I was trying to make a living. All this stuff. I was on the music highway, but it was like for me, I was in the wrong lane. You know, there's the there's all those different lanes, and I never considered the the worship lane because I didn't. I'd never seen anybody do anything like that, have a career yeah. like that. And it was like all of a sudden when I moved over to the worship lane unintentionally. God just breathed on that thing. And for Sonic Flood, you know, I mean, and so we were like, wow, just like what uh, Stu was talking about. It's like we felt like God just kind of, you know, just breathed on it and just was pushing us down the road. And favor was just everywhere. And I I loved it. It was amazing. It changed my life. Yeah, that's so cool. So in the self-titled album, Sonic Flood, the album art cover you know the person that's in the water? It's me, And did man. they get saved? <laughs> I, I have no idea who that is. It's a stock photo cover. You know, we went, <laughs> we went through all these different ideas of covers. There's probably 20 or something, you know. And yeah. uh, there's, there's a good little story behind that, though, because, um, you know, once we kind of like, man, we feel like that cover captures this idea of sonic flood right well the yeah. initial idea was that it was going to be blue okay and so the uh the young lady who was doing the art she had these two versions she had the blue version and she had the pink version and of course we're like man blue definitely way better way cooler right, yeah. you know we like mm-hmm. that so what we did was we ended up printing out two of them and put them in actual gel cases and we okay. went to this event um it was like a an interlink event where there's all these different bands and they had a whole bunch of CDs there. And so there was this table where there's a, just a stash of CDs all over the table. And so hey, Jeff, Jason Halbert. Yeah. What, what's, what's a CD? No. I'm just yeah, kidding. I know. Right. It's one, it's, it's this thing we use as a coaster, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was all these CDs on, on, uh, with their cases on the table, just on top of each other. And so Jason Halbert got the idea. He's like, he just threw the blue cd into the pile mm. and and we're kind of like oh okay didn't really do anything for us threw the pink one into the pile and it was like flashing bright i was like yeah. it was the only cd in the pile it was like oh my gosh this thing stands out we're like <laughs> we're going with the pink cd <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's your marketing <laughs> marketing 101 right there you know <laughs> yeah did that guy in the stock photo ever come and try to get his royalties I don't think so. I think we paid for the royalties when we bought the stock photo, but I don't know. Yeah, but, but it well, would be because it would be interesting to know who that is, right? Yeah, we thought it was so cool, and I remember. So the three of us used to kind of we we had a tape, uh, you know, like the old boombox where we could record our voices, and we would do like concerts and stuff. And when it came to album art, you know, we were always like, oh, let's do like Sonic Flood. They maybe we can instead of being underwater, like have a guy like climbing a tree or something so it inspired us as young we as young well children. we actually wanted to throw our little brother in the water too and see if we <laughs> yeah, 
any type of nature thing. Like we could have a guy hanging from a cliff. Yeah, that'll be the yeah. next Sonic Flesh yeah. cover, you know, or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but back, the, back then we didn't have enough time. You know, we had you had to you couldn't see the photo right away. You had to go and develop it and then pull exactly. it back. So <laughs> It's hard to believe those days. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the song on that album, uh, something about that name, that's my favorite version of that song ever. Mm. Um, the collab with Kevin Max. And whose idea was it to cover that Gaither song? And was it a given to have Kevin sing along with you? You know, I don't even know if I remember whose idea it was to do that song. You know, we... We we spent probably two months putting songs together, writing songs, um, and trying to figure out, you know, what what could this worship album look like? Uh, I don't even remember, honestly, who came up with the idea of something about that name. One interesting part of that, though, is um, I don't think that there was a couple people that didn't understand what the Sonic Flood album was going to be or what actually at that time that Zilch was recording this album and Kevin knew just enough to be dangerous. Um, the way that I understand it is that he originally thought that Zilch was doing the music for this worship album. And then they were inviting guest singers to lead sing on all these songs. So okay. he didn't know he was doing a duet with me. He thought he was like the only singer on the song. Gotcha. Like when he first came to the studio. So we were kind of have to like, well, no, that's not actually what we're doing. We're doing a duet where I yeah. sing and you sing. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I, you know, he just didn't realize he didn't know uh, what mm -hmm. they were inviting, what we were inviting him to do. But, uh, but yeah, it's very, very powerful, obviously, that song. And, and, you know, really great to be able to bring that song forward uh, for a whole nother generation to be able to experience, you know, ironically, Gloria Gaither was my songwriting teacher in college. Wow. Um, I, I went to Anderson university and that's kind of like their uh, stomping grounds. And they've put a lot of money into that school. They have a great music program. And, and so she was literally my songwriting teacher. I did get an A by the way, uh, in that class. <laughs> it's also where I met my wife, uh, Martha, cause she was in that class. And I don't think she writes any more songs, but she definitely, well, anyways, yeah, <laughs> I'm very thankful for that class for that reason as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I definitely cool to be able to bring that song forward for a new generation. Yeah, it's true for us because I know we we weren't going to the Family Christian Bookstore picking up uh, Gaither cassettes, that's for sure. So no. <laughs> if you guys hadn't done that, we would have never known about that song. That that's That's just how it is. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I, you probably would have had to go get the albums, you know, uh, the record albums, <laughs> the vinyl, I should say, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so with the song "Bless the Lord" when um, on the self-titled album, just tell us a little bit about that song and the writing process behind it. Um, yeah, absolutely. "Bless the Lord," you know, is one of those songs that. You know, you, you'll hear artists say this sometimes where they almost didn't include a song on their album. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was that was one of those. Um, I wasn't sure. It felt like it was so simple, almost, mm -hmm. you know, too simple in my mind. Um, and so I was not sure that it was, you know, gonna do anything or or be effective at all. 
And so I do remember too, I was just learning to play the guitar when I wrote that song. And um, if you know anything about playing guitar, uh, if you're playing a G major bar chord, it could be easy to miss and play G minor instead of G major. And that oh, yeah. song is in the key of C. And so when I sang, I will worship you and I will bless your name forever. That, that chord there on, on forever is a really unique chord. And I actually was supposed to play a G and I played G minor <laughs> instead. So it's the mm. minor, uh, the minor yeah. five right there. And yeah. it was amazing. I was like, that is what we need right there. And it's yeah. a mistake, you know, total yeah. mistake. But I did have ears enough to recognize the sound that was, you know, that it was making. Oh, yeah. But uh, so that was a really cool thing. But but that song obviously became an anthem for me. Um, you know, certainly people, some people have sung that around the world. Um, definitely been a huge, huge song. I think I've led that. A million times and yeah uh, we re-recorded it even at north central university where i teach now and stuff so uh that's it's been a huge blessing i've gotten tons of feedback with that song so many people whether it be you know a church that's saying that they've done it for years or whether it be like students who did a, a human video to bless the lord or you know that type of thing so it's been it's been really cool awesome so it was you kind of had like a Bob Ross moment then like the happy accident right like where it's like, it's like yeah that actually kind of worked out right like, absolutely just I go mean, with it right just go you with know, it obviously that's part of songwriting it does happen more than people realize because you're working you're in that element and you stumble upon something and you go oh that's what we needed you know so so for sure you know I love telling it but but it is part of the process part of the songwriting process you know part of any creative process really uh whenever you're designing something or creating something or writing something or whatever right you're gonna come across some things that you didn't realize uh would be so powerful but that was definitely one of those just one chord but it made a pretty big difference and then also a big part of that was the string sound you know david davidson uh did all the strings on the sonic flood album and then he also did this song uh, the the strings on my album with bless the lord um and just incredible adds such an incredible rich tone to those songs so really cool so uh jeff now you have a new book out called spark and i've uh, been we've followed you on instagram and and kind of seeing your uh, excitement behind it and your heart behind a little bit about it what made you decide to write this book yeah well you know this book is is kind of like a life work for me uh, I do, you know, probably for the last 20 years, I felt like, you know, there was this author in me. Uh, I loved the idea of writing and I uh, was working on it for years. But, but the, you know, when I moved to, so we were in Nashville until, Jan, and Jan, until 2010. Um, and that's when God called me to move to Minneapolis and I teach at North Central University. So I work with all of our worship leading majors and our songwriters and I help produce and record our music that comes out of North Central uh, there in Minneapolis. And so one of my classes that I teach is a worship leadership class. And so I take all of our, we have worship leading majors and music pastor majors. And different times we've had up to 80 or 100 
different uh, music or worship leading majors. And so those people come through my class and this is a very practical class. And so for the last 12 years, I've been developing, you know, it's one thing for me to know how to lead worship, which for me has been an, an art. Like it's something that I, I find I'm very passionate about. It's not just about singing songs. Uh, so for, I wanted to figure out, you know, what is it that I do that I want to help impart to my students? You know, just because somebody knows how to do something well doesn't mean that they can teach other people how to do it well. And so I was yeah. really, and I am a teacher. The Lord has put that gift in my heart. Uh, and I didn't know that. I certainly never, ever set out to be a professor at North Central uh, or anywhere else, to be honest. But it's definitely the right fit for me uh, in that creative space because I love teaching. So I've been developing over the last 12 years that class and all the techniques and the things that I would say, like, what, what is it that I feel like the Lord wants from us in our worship time? What does he want from us in our services, in our churches? Because I know these students, they're going to go out and they're going to be the worship pastors in our churches all over the country, you know, so many of them. And so I'm like, I want to impart to them something that's powerful that they can then, and that's biblical and that's led by the spirit that they can then take into their churches. So that this book is really that. Uh, Now, it is interesting because. It's even though on the front it says a comprehensive worship leadership handbook, the mm-hmm. very first line of the introduction says, I don't want to teach you how to lead worship. I want to teach you how to spark culture, kingdom culture, that is. So mm-hmm. yeah. in the last 12 years, I've realized that it's not really about teaching people how to lead worship, it's about teaching them how to build the culture of the kingdom in their church. Uh, What does that look like? What does the Bible say? Uh, We we figure if God's giving us direction, that's good for us to do the things that he's called us to do. If that's lifting up holy hands or getting on our face or singing or, or whatever it is, spontaneous worship, those types of biblical concepts. Then I started putting all that stuff into my class and then started writing that into my book. Uh, So the book has three, three parts to it. The way I see it as a worship leader, the very first thing you have to do is you have to become the worshiper that every worship leader has to be. You know, you cannot ask your team or your congregation to become something that you're unwilling to become. That's kind of your foundational lead by example type of thing. So the first five chapters I spend talking about how to stay authentic. I mean, we read this stuff in the news all the time about different Christian leaders that are falling away having a moral failure, all this stuff. There's stuff in the news right now about different names of people that we all know. And I grew up with that, seeing different Christian artists, you know, uh, come out and, you know, whatever, all all kinds of issues. Hmm. And so we start with like, guys, this is, we're not playing around here. We want to be authentic. We want to be pure and holy. We want to walk in these things and not just sing about them, but actually live them. So that's that first five chapters. The next five is really about imparting to your team. I think I see a lot of leaders and even pastors sometimes skip over. They, they, they know how to lead themselves, and then they skip over their team or their staff, and they go to the congregation or to you know the, whole, the masses or whatever. But it's true, just like you can't impart to your congregation or your team what you haven't done yourself, you also can't impart to your congregation what you haven't imparted to your team. So I spend five chapters 
talking about how to build team, unity, uh, excellence, you know, authenticity within the team, spiritual growth and musical growth. You know, we get into transitions and charts and how to run a rehearsal and all that stuff. Right. And uh, how to do it right and, and, and be respectful of people's time and all that stuff. And then as you build that culture in your team, now we're going to transfer that. I see it kind of like a waterfall coming down. Like it starts with us and then it moves into our team. And then that spills into the congregation. And then how to lead now this congregation. I talk a lot about passing the baton because I see uh, a lot of churches as I travel. I still travel around the, the world and still in a lot of different churches. And I see it still feels like there's in some places that there's a spectator thing. It's, you know, I'm, I'm going to exaggerate here, but it's almost like people, you know, they're packing their coolers up and getting their, their visors on and bringing their umbrellas and their cushy seat. They're going to the track to, to watch the professionals run around the track. You know, they go to church and it's like, oh, wow, let's go see. Oh, these guys are so talented. Oh, wow, that's so good. You know, and, and we actually kind of like that. We're on the stage going, oh, well, thank you. It's so much. It's all for God's glory, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so what I try to teach our students in the book is passing the baton. So I'm like, guys, what we've got to do is we've got to find ways, and there's many practical ways to do this, but to, to take the baton out into the congregation, not, not literally, of course, but, but figuratively passing that baton and say, hey, it's, you know, and then most people are like, ah, I didn't bring the right shoes, you know, I didn't, I didn't dress for this, you know, and you're like, look, man, this isn't about me running. This is about all of us together, going yeah. together in the presence of God. So that's that's a little bit of the heart of the book there. Well, I'm I'm looking forward. I don't have it yet, uh, but I'm I've uh, when after we looked into it and I heard you on uh, I think Instagram and probably YouTube videos I saw where you were talking about it. I was like, all right, I'm ordering that for the worship pastor at our church. I think he would really benefit from it, and it'll be a blessing to him as well. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, that's a great. So great so thanks for writing it. Thanks for putting it down because I know a lot of people will probably uh, be able to glean from it. And, Thank you. Uh, well, and it's and definitely a, it's definitely a thing where, and I'll just throw this out there for people who are listening. You know, if you know, and I love what you're saying, Jesse, that you know, if you if you're not a worship leader or whatever, still go get one for your worship pastor. But the design too is that these books would be, you know, I've had many churches that call me or that reach out to me and say, hey, we want to get a copy for everybody on the worship team, or oh, I've had yeah. pastors say, I want to get one for every member of our staff. Because uh, it's really, again, a culture-building book. It's not all sure. about music, though there are some things about music. So if there's 20 people on your on your worship team or if there's 100 people on your worship team, you know, we'd love to get everybody one of these books, and I think it's going to change their life. Awesome, thanks. And and actually, you had mentioned earlier you with when we were talking about Book Aether, you said vinyl. Uh, I saw that you recently released Unveil on vinyl, right? Uh, well, that's awesome. It's it's here. Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> We did, I did re-release uh, Unveil to streaming services already, officially like what, a month ago or, or three mm -hmm. weeks ago or something, um, which is weird because it wasn't on there for a while. I wasn't even aware of that. Long story, but it's back now where people can stream Unveil 15 years later. However, I've been telling people that, I, that the, the vinyl is coming. And okay. ironically, okay. today, fellas, today, wow. It came in the mail. I mean, it's awesome. right oh. here, bro. Oh, that's oh, wow. fantastic. Oh. 
That's awesome. I'll take that. I'll take that copy. Oh, look, at, look at that <laughs> That's young. So cool. That's look at so that cool. young guy. <laughs> Dude, and my son has. We he actually wanted a a record player for. Christmas. And so we bought him one and I'm like, dude, I've got to release Unveil. <laughs> <laughs> so I was up there today playing it on his. It's up there right now. So I was like, yes, it's so cool. And that is so oh, cool. That is so cool. I got I got I got a record player for uh, Christmas from my wife and it has a record player and cassette tape player. So I've oh. been hitting all the Goodwills, man. Looking for the cassettes and looking for the vinyls Bro. and uh might have to add one to my library now. Absolutely, man. We made a hundred of them. They they sent me 112. That's it. That's all I got, man. So in the next probably uh week or two, I'm gonna make the official announcement, put it up on the website, and here we go, baby. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so <clears throat> what what's going on for you for you this year? Obviously, you you re-released Unveil and it's coming out on vinyl. And so what else? I know you, you lead worship at your church. And so what else can we yes. expect for, for you, Jeff? Man, there's so much stuff going on and I'm trying to trying to get it all organized. But, you know, a big part of what I do, obviously, is teach at North Central. And then as I travel as well, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, there's people that are listening like, man, I'd love to see if I can get Jeff to come in. I, I come in on weekends a lot of times, uh, do like um this saturday and sunday i'm going to be in wisconsin uh we'll do like a mini worship conference uh so i'll do like two or three different sessions lead some worship and then we do a rehearsal with the worship team we've given them songs in advance and then i'll lead worship on sunday with the team and all that stuff is training and equipping and all that and then of course i'll preach as well that type of thing uh, I'll also talk about, because I, I released another book before that, this Awakening Pure Worship that came out three years ago. But this is okay. one that that really is for everybody. That If the Spark book is a worship leadership handbook, this is about just growing your walk with God, Awakening Pure Worship. So that's yeah. definitely one that, that people can get a hold of. I've got so many things in the works. I've got another book called Reverse Godology that I'm working on. There's one called Love Lines that I'm working mm-hmm. on. Uh, I also am working on a children's book series uh, okay. called Roly Poly, and I have yeah. told I, I tell some some bedtime stories to my kids, and out of like a hundred, I came up with one really good. Trial and error, Jeff. See, that's how it is. It's just yeah. the, the, the chord, you know, the names no, on right. foot. No, but uh, so I'm really excited about that. I don't know. I was hoping to get it out by the end of this year, but I think it might be another year till that comes out but i think it's going to be a series uh i'm really excited okay. about because i think one of the things that the lord has put on my heart is i like to take subjects that seem kind of complex and help people understand them uh ones that maybe people might be like hands off like oh i don't want to touch that and come back sure. and go, look let's just take a look at this from a fresh perspective so when it comes to kids that's kind of my my thing i'm like okay we could take these complex topics and actually simplify them in a way that kids can begin to understand how to live the Christian walk uh, in faith. So that type of thing. Um, We also put out yearly music with North Central. So uh, I literally just yesterday approved a mix for a song called The Sound of Everything. It's a worship song 
uh, our, our worship teams at North Central, our, our artist name is NCU, like North Central University, NCU Worship Live. And so people want to check that out, Spotify. We've got a bunch of singles. I'm a part of co-writing a lot of that, producing, uh, even sing on a couple of them as well. So there's some some maybe unheard Dio gems in that NCU Worship <laughs> yeah. Live stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> so there's all those things going on. Um, oh, and then I mentioned the, the rap album as well. I am, I was waiting to see this, this final to see if it was going to work and it does. And so I'm like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if I released like 10 of my rap tunes from 1993 and 95 that have never seen the light of the day other than, you know, I've made CDs and cassettes in the past. Uh, so I may be doing that and releasing that on vinyl as well. It's it's got to be vinyl if it's yes. Vinyl. It's got to be vinyl, Jeff. Get DJ Mans to Ricky Ricky. Have you ever have you ever considered um, getting the guys back together and reimagining the the Sonic Flood album? Yeah, absolutely. You know there has been thought of that, and we even bounced it around with Goatee, uh, and they you know, we're open to the, to the idea, you know, and we would need everybody to participate to make it happen. I, I'm surely game. I think it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially thinking about the 25 an- year anniversary, you know, I mean, we're only, yeah. uh, what, two, two years away, something like that. So, you know, you could do a Sonic Flood cruise re- album reimagined, <laughs> you know, who knows? You could do your yeah. album release with the Christian music if, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, Sonic, Flood well, would be good for a cruise, Jeff. Uh, maybe, maybe something on land, Jeff. Um, or, or maybe go back to Zilch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or go back to Zilch if you're gonna do a cruise. Oh yeah. man, we can do. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Though we gotta face it. Though we gotta face this thing head on, Jesse. Yeah. We gotta face our True. fears and not be afraid of that flood. You, know? you could have the, my heart. My heart will go on song as people board. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, Jeff, to wrap up, we'd just like to ask you to tell a story or a testimony that's maybe even recently happened just to build up some of our listeners' faith. Uh, so what has God been doing in your life recently that you'd be willing to share? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I was, uh, I still do a lot of different youth conventions and stuff, which I, it's a huge part of my the joy of my life uh i've literally been a youth staff volunteer for 29 years now um every wednesday night when i'm in town which is most wednesday nights uh i'm at our youth group at celebration church and and i have just a huge heart for this next generation i do believe it is one of the greatest mandates of the body of christ of the church is to pass on the things of god from one generation to the next. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that we're not doing a great job at that. So I have a huge heart for the next generation. Uh, I was at a youth convention in Arkansas about three, four weeks ago. Um, you can see the pictures on Instagram. <laughs> about 800, 800 or 1,000 students there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to freak anybody out, but there there are sometimes in these situations when we're, we're, we're deep into worship that 
um, demonic things can be exposed. And the way I look at it, it's the same way as when Jesus was walking around on the earth. And you know how these people that were demon possessed would just say the craziest things like, get away from us, Jesus. Aren't you the son of God? You know, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. He is, you know, they would just like, they would just expose themselves. And then of course, then he would cast them out. Well, and I feel like that is something that, that praise and worship does when people are lifting up the name of Jesus. It's like the demonic, the demons can't stand it so much that they expose themselves. So there was this girl in the front, uh, the front row of this, you know, big, big auditorium. She was up there. Everybody's packed up front, but she started yeah. screaming and, and everybody was praying over her for a long time. There was a lot of ministry going on. I was leading people in prayer. We were worshiping. There was people getting healed. There's all kinds of really cool things going on. But this girl kept screaming. So I felt like I needed to go down there. I went down there and I mean, I was I was in Guatemala this summer, and and we actually were part of uh, delivering a man from a demon uh, in his house there. But mm. this isn't something that has happened to me a ton. I'll just say it that way. Right. Um, but in this particular situation, man, I I felt like the Lord gave me this boldness, and it has continued since then. But I I I was trying to I was like, Lord, what what is it that we're missing? Because these people were praying for her for like twenty minutes. And I got down there and I started praying. And it was like five minutes. I was still praying and nothing was happening. All of a sudden, it, it, I remembered, it was like the Holy Spirit downloaded to me Luke chapter four. And he reminded me, and I didn't, I didn't remember the, the reference at the time. I looked it up yeah. later. But it was the story where Jesus told the demon to be silent. And I felt like the, the Lord highlighted that. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, be silent. And she had not stopped screaming for 20 minutes. And she went, Ow! and she just stopped immediately. And I was oh, wow. like, oh, my word. Because, I mean, that's yeah. what you want. You want to believe. You've seen this stuff in the Bible. I've seen it work. Yeah. And I said, be silent. And so I, then I whispered in her ear. I said, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? She said, yes, yes. And then she started screaming again. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, be silent. And she stopped immediately. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I reached out in her ear and I said, Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And she starts saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And then she screamed out again, like went crazy again. And so this time I said, in the name of Jesus, be silent and do not scream again. She went quiet and she did not. And I had said, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And so she stopped and she started. I wish I could say it was like right at a moment, but over about a period of 30 seconds is like she went from this tense, just angry to just soft and free. And she was yeah. all sweaty because she'd been screaming so long. All these people mm-hmm. were gathered around her. We laid her on her side. I had invited this woman to come over to her. <clears throat> I even uh, 25 minutes later, I met her in the hallway, and she was yeah. totally in her right mind, uh, totally at peace, free. You know, she had been declaring Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Uh, and so I, that, I mean, I know that probably wasn't the story you were expecting to hear, no. but that's yeah. the one that's fresh on my mind, you know. That's yeah. the real stuff. And I truly believe yeah. this. I'll say this. I truly believe that we're going to see an increase in demonic activity in our modern world, right? We're used to seeing that stuff overseas, but I truly believe we're going to see that. And that, that God is calling the church to be ready uh, for that. And to be, you know, we know that there's some not so great stories about people who tried to deliver people of demons you know, in the name of Paul, who Jesus, or name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, right? The sons of Sceva. 
and they got beaten up, bloodied by the, the man possessed by a demon. So the Lord is just calling us to be ready. And I just want to yeah. encourage and challenge everybody with that, not freak anybody out because the demonic, the demons, they have no power. They don't have power. In fact, I'll tell you one last thing about this. The next Sunday or the Sunday after that, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, was there like a name? I never did ask if there was a name. And the name that popped into my head was intimidation. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. All of a sudden I realized that demon was screaming. And that's all the demon had was just be loud. It was just like, yeah. and it was freaking everybody out. And he was just trying to intimidate, but he had no real power, no real authority. And the moment I said, be silent in Jesus name, it had to obey. And yeah. so I just want to encourage people out there. Like, you don't have to be afraid of demons. Uh, I mean, you should be, be aware, you know, there's, there is power there, but they only have power if we give them power and we have the blood of Jesus and he's all powerful. So yeah, Absolutely. praise God. Amen. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart and uh, going back to memory lane. And uh, hopefully we can uh, find that guy in the water. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> we'll be praying for him. Hopefully exactly. he got lifted out. You know, you know that story, right? You know that story. This is probably that guy where he was, you know, drowning in the water and, and God sent the helicopter. You remember this? You've heard this, right? And then and he said, no, I'm waiting. God's going to deliver oh, yeah, me and waiting. <laughs> send a boat, you know, and then he dies and goes to heaven and God's like, why did he, what happened? Or no, the guy said to God, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I said a boat, I said a plane, I said a yeah. helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's that guy. That is I that. even had some guys come take a picture of you for an album cover, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is that guy, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Thanks again, Jeff, for taking the time. And thank you all for tuning in and listening to this interview. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. Please leave us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Follow us on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. We are a listener-supported podcast. You can become a part of our team financially at ChristianMusicGuys.com. We are so grateful for all our supporters. Thanks again. See you next week.